Mark Kotze recently compared New Way starter Kyle Muller to Madison Bumgarner, and uh, I had to do some research on that one. Do they actually comp? We're going to talk about that today on Locked on A's. You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 533 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, we're talking about Kyle Muller. Does he comp well or comp favorably or comp at all to Madison Bumgarner? And then we're going to talk about a, a different player that uh, he also comps I think more closely with personally, but uh, we're going to talk about both of those in today's show. And then a little bit later on, we're going to talk about Christian Pache. I got some more thoughts. Uh, There's another another article written in the Chronicle about Christian Pache and why this is a big offseason or a big uh, spring training for him. And uh, I've got some thoughts as to the reasoning behind some of the quotes that were given to the Chronicle. But uh, before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. If you're on YouTube right now, subscribe to our channel. We're trying to get to a thousand subs by opening day. And uh, if you're already subbed, one way that you can help us do that is to comment down below. Give us a thumbs up. If you don't know what to say, say that I'm super handsome and that you love comps and Kyle Muller. I don't know, but a quick shout out to a few people who have already given us some nice comments uh, on the previous YouTube show or previous YouTube uh, video that we posted. And then uh, shout out to Kevin, Chris, and Craig for just very kind comments in the YouTube uh, videos. So thank you to those guys. But before we get into anything, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. Uh, check out Inside the A's for more A's news, insight, and analysis. Whatever A's news happens, it's at Inside the A's. Um, actually, uh, tomorrow's episode of Locked On A's is already kind of written out over at Inside A's. So uh, we're going to be talking about the A's prospects and where they rank on uh, Fangraphs on MLB and I mean, Keith Law at The Athletic. Uh, I was going to say on The Athletic, but uh, it's it's Keith Law's list, really. Uh, so we're going to go over those three. Uh, which prospects rank highly right there? Which ones seemingly just missed? And uh, get, get you excited about some some stats that were dropped in those write-ups of certain players. If you if you can't wait, go to Inside the A's or SI.com slash MLB slash athletics. And uh, that is how you get to Inside the A's via URL or just, you know, follow at Inside the A's on Twitter or on Facebook and you can just find it over there. Anyways, let's start talking about Kyle Muller. Why not? Uh, over the weekend, and this this is taking me a couple of days to actually get to record here, but also uh, it took me a couple of days to figure out uh, that I wanted to write, you know, to talk about this because I was like, yeah, they compared him to Madison Bumgarner. Bah, there we go. <laughs> uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. I didn't think much of it, but then I was like, hey, what if I figure out if they're actually comparable? So that's what we did. Uh, Mark Katza, here, here's the quote. And I think that it's kind of funny that everybody ran with the, the headlines of, uh, he, he's getting comp to Madison Mumgarner based off of this quote here. Uh, quote, they share a lot of the same qualities and traits. I know Bum 
rides horses. I don't think Mueller's on horses yet, uh, but they both like to hunt, they're both left-handed, and they're both really big. Uh, if Mueller can find a way to turn out like Bum, we've really got something there. Uh, we're excited about watching him throw, end quote. That is the comp between Madison Bumgarner and Kyle Mueller by A's manager, Mark Kotze. So I thought that, that was great. Uh, here, here are why they are uh, comparable, I guess. Uh, one, they're, they're both tall. Two, they're both left-handed. And three, they like to hunt. So that's great. Um, <laughs> I'm tall and I have a beard. Am I like Seth Rogen? Maybe. Um, may maybe not a lot. I, we both like to tell jokes. There you go. Look, me and Seth Rogen, practically indistinguishable. Uh, there's other people. But yeah, I thought that that was very loose. <laughs> Loosely a comp for Madison Bumgarner, but because of that, I wanted to say, hey, uh, are they actually com comparable? C can you comp these two players? Uh, first off, uh, Kyle Muller, he's six foot seven. I had not realized that. He's six foot seven, 250. So he's a big guy. He's a big guy, which is one of the comps that was actually brought up. Uh, and then Madison Bumgarner, he is six foot four, 257 now. Um, so for the comp that I want to do, it's Madison Bumgarner in 2015, his age 25 season. Obviously, he's coming off of pitching the Giants to a World Series basically uh, by himself. So there's that. Uh, there's the cachet there. But let's talk about just the stats in the regular season because why not? Let's see if there's a comp. Uh, and just for reference, Madison Bumgarner in 2015 uh, went through 218 innings, had a 293 ERA, a 1.008 whip. And uh, finished sixth in Cy Young voting. So that, that was a good season for, for Madison Bumgarner. Uh, in terms of what they're throwing, Muller has a 94-mile-per-hour fastball. He throws that 47% of the time. Madison Bumgarner has a 93-mile-per-hour fastball that he was throwing 49% of the time. So pitch usage, fairly similar. Uh, Muller has him by one mile per hour on the heater. Uh, the slider, uh, this is one that... Uh, Madison Bumgarner does not have. He has a cutter instead, but uh, Muller has a slider that goes 87 miles an hour. He throws that 24% of the time. Uh, he also has a curveball that is 81 miles an hour and a change that is 88 miles an hour. Those are at 20 and 10% respectively. And then uh, Madison Bumgarner, he had a an 87 mile per hour cutter and a 77 mile per hour curve. So that curve, big drop off, four, mi uh, four mile per hour difference between those two curveballs. And... Uh, the fact that Madison Bumgarner is basically a three-pitch pitcher is impressive. If we're being honest with ourselves, he won a World Series on three pitches. Uh, so good for him, I suppose. Uh, the, the big difference between the, the two guys, though, uh, it's not stuff or seven pounds or three inches or whatever. It's command. Because Madison Bumgarner, uh, back, in, back in these days, back in 2015, had Excellent command. Um, he was in the 94th percentile in walk rates, and and he had a 4.5% walk rate at that point. So very, very good walk rate. Uh, Muller, so far, he, he hasn't had that same command, uh, by like at all. So uh, he walked 12.9% in 2021 and 13.6% in uh, just 12 innings last year. So uh, there's, there's a big drop-off, I would say, between those two. So as of right now, uh, granted, Kyle Muller doesn't have that. He has under 50 innings in the big leagues, whereas um, Madison Mungarder has, uh, he had a, a full resume to this point in his career, and it's kind of what's gotten him 
to this point, I think, is the resume that he had accumulated <laughs> up until 2015 and then also including 2015. So it's a weird comp just based off of stats and all of that stuff. Uh, but I do think that there is one pitcher that has had more recent success than Madison Bumgarner. And uh, I think that they that him, th this mystery pitcher, and Kyle Muller share a lot more similarities than Bumgarner and Kyle Muller. So we're going to talk about that guy here in just one second. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and three points drained, uh, three pointers, three pointers drained. Look at me knowing about basketball and three and the three points. <laughs> Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance for your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel because that thing is growing. We are so close to 1,000 subs. If you found this uh, randomly, uh, please subscribe and, and keep watching. But, you know, subscribe. It, it really helps grow the podcast. And I, I thoroughly appreciate everybody who has subscribed and everybody that listens and comments. Um, it's wild that people listen to me for my baseball takes and, uh, you know, do all that. So, Still very humbled by uh, the, the reception that I receive uh, in the comments most days. Some days when I'm talking about like Howard Terminal, uh, people don't like me as much. But generally, people enjoy that I like this team. And so that's, it, it keeps me going. Thank you so much. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the comp that I do think could actually uh, ring a little bit closer to home for Kyle Muller and how we could actually end up like this pitcher. So let's get into that. Uh, in doing research for this piece, uh, there there was an article. I, I basically uh, did research and then I had to write an article for Inside the Ace. So if you wanted to see like some of the stat breakdowns and stuff like that, so it's not me talking very quickly at you, it's at Inside the Ace or si.com slash MLB slash athletics um, so that you can, you know, take, take your time understanding what I'm, throwing out here because it's a lot it's a lot in this but um i i came across another pitcher on baseball savant uh because they suggested that this pitcher was a lot more like kyle muller and uh that pitcher is robbie ray and if you think about it and you know anything about robbie ray and you know his rise to where he is now yeah that that's pretty close i would say based off of the command that both of these guys have had uh robbie ray uh also won the 2021 AL Cy Young Award with the Blue Jays. So that's something to get excited about if you're a Kyle Muller stan. Uh, Ray in 2021 had 193 innings pitched, a 284 ERA, a 104 whip. So roughly the same season that we were just comparing uh, Madison Bumgarner, uh, that, that same 2015 season that he had. Fairly similar. Uh, before the, the season before that, granted, small sample size, 2020, but the season before that, Ray had trouble with his command. Uh, he had a walk rate of 17.9%. That is extremely high. That is also 6.1 walks per nine. So 
that's a lot. And But he kept getting opportunities because his stuff is really good. He just couldn't locate it. And so that's kind of what we've seen in, in short bursts with Kyle Muller. Uh, he'll have like one game where he walks a few guys and that, that inflates his stats. But overall, his walks have been okay. Um, in the minors, uh, Muller has uh, 3.8 walks per nine. Uh, so that's not bad. I mean, obviously you'd like it to be a little bit closer to three, but 3.8... But that'll play. That's still almost half of what Robbie Ray had in 2020, and he still had a job. So there's that. Uh, Ray, uh, in between 20 and 21, he worked on his mechanics. He bulked up a little bit, and he also operated. It, it, this is a callback to last episode when we talked about Ken Walchek. He operated with a perfect tunnel. So uh, I'll, I'll explain what that is. Very quickly, we did a whole episode on it last episode to so go check out uh, me talking about tunneling and Ken Waldecheck because I thought it was interesting uh, and that video needs more views. So go do that. <laughs> but uh, the last show we talked about that, um, I explained it in more detail. But quick recap, you want two of these three things to be true um, in order to have an effective tunnel. You want six to 14 inches of horizontal separation, eight to 16 inches uh, of vertical separation, or six to 11 miles per hour separation. So you want everything to be somewhat close, but you know, a little, that, that, that's the range that you're working with. That's essentially what you want for a fastball slider combination is those three things, uh, or at least two of those three things. Robbie Ray had all three of those things, which is a perfect tunnel, in, according to the article that we uh, mentioned yesterday uh, from Prospects Live. There we go. I was like, pictureless, no, Prospects Live. Um, so, he had all three of those things working, and last year, he didn't have all three. I believe he had two of three. I, th I think he had two of three. Um, and he didn't have nearly as good of a season. His ERA rose by a full run. It finished up at 371 in 2022, and uh, that is why tunneling is important. So you're like, ah, tunneling's stupid. I don't want to pay attention to any of that tunneling nonsense. Well... Do you want somebody that can win a Cy Young or somebody that's league average? That's that's the question right there. That's tunneling in a nutshell for you. Do you want a league average pitcher or do you want somebody who's going to go shut everybody down and just dominate baseball for an entire season? There you go. That That's why we talk about it. Um, so in talking about Robbie Ray and his perfect tunnel, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Kyle Muller and where he is at in trying to achieve just an effective tunnel, which is two out of those three. And then a perfect tunnel is three of those three. Um, he, he nailed the velocity part. I'll, I'll say that. He, the, the velocity separation is good. It's at 7.3 miles per hour of separation. That's good. Uh, you want it between six and 11 miles per hour. So he's, he's right in that range. He's doing very, very well. So he's got one. And that's actually the only one that he has because horizontally uh, he is one and a half inches short of the minimum. And uh, you want between six and 14. He is at, I believe, four and a half. So he want he needs to get a little bit going up there or, or, or both, either or, or both, or maybe an and. Um, vertically, he is one and a half inches short uh, or, you know, sorry, uh, past the maximum. So he's one and a half inches short on the horizontal axis. He's one and a half past the horizontal max or the vertical maximum. So uh, if he could figure that out, he could be working with a pretty good tunnel. I don't know that his stuff, like his stuff, as baseball people say it, uh, is as good as Robbie Ray's. But if you got a 
perfect tunnel. Your, your stuff's going to play up. Guys that don't have great stuff. I, I Was it Tony Gonsolin, I think, was somebody that was mentioned in this article? Um, guys that have, like, okay stuff, but they have very good tunneling, and all of a sudden their stuff plays up, and they're really effective pitchers. Could he just be Tony Gonsolin? Sure, that'd be great. Give me Tony Gonsolin. That'd be wonderful. Um, I just think that it's he's very close right there. And if they can figure out, and that maybe that's part of the reason why Mike McCarthy, the new bullpen coach, was brought in, is to find those little tweaks so that tunneling, so that the A's can tunnel more effectively and come up with little ways to make guys a little bit more effective moving forward. And that is why I want to talk to Mike McCarthy so bad. Uh, I just want to know what he's doing. Like, what what you doing, Mike? How you, how you making the team better? Because I'm very intrigued as to what he's doing because I assume it's stuff like this is making Kyle Muller go from, you know, it, he doesn't have a good tunneling system to, wow, he's now pitching like Robbie Ray and what a steal for the Oakland A's. That's what I think that Mike McCarthy's up to right now. So Mike McCarthy, come on down. Uh, I'd love to have you on the show. Anyways, um, coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about Christian Pache and uh, some, some stuff that A's coaches said that I thought was a little silly. Uh, regarding his tenure with the A's, potentially, uh, coming to an end, maybe? I don't know. We're going to talk about all that here in the uh, j- in just a second, so just stick around. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. Check out Inside the A's for more A's news, insight, and analysis coming your way. Whatever A's news happens, it's at... Inside the A's. Um, also, just check out Inside the A's on Twitter at Inside the A's. Uh, si.com slash MLB slash athletics. Uh, that is how you find the website, which is a good thing to be able to know, I guess. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about Christian Pache. Uh, Matt Kawahara of the Chronicle wrote about Christian Pache uh, and why this is a big spring for him. And uh, undeniably, big spring for him because he's out of options. That that means that it's a big spring for anybody who's out of options. Uh, next spring, it'll be a big spring for Luis Medina unless he cements himself this season, which I'm not sure that he's going to necessarily have enough time to like cement himself, but that's for another podcast. We're talking about Christian Pache. Uh, Katze said, quote, he's in a difficult uh, situation without having minor league options. Not only is he competing for a roster spot here, but he's going to be—he's going to showcase himself for 29 other teams. So it's an important spring for Pache, no question, from an individual standpoint for his career moving forward. End quote. And uh, wow, that's not holding anything back. That is a a wild quote from the manager. And maybe that's why people have been leaving uh, Christian Pache off of the the A's opening day roster while I've been leaving him on. Um, because quotes like that make it seem like uh, they do not want him around for some reason, which is wild to me. But um, I, I just think that that's a little silly. He plays really good defense, and he could still be good. He might just need some more time, and maybe the A's don't have enough time because they need to go win some games, uh, which is silly because it's not like they're doing anything else to really try. But anyway, th- that's beside the point. Uh, Katze uh, said, said that the A's would consider it a positive sign if Pache draws more walks this spring. That is a positive sign. So if he does that, it, according to this, I'm taking that as if he draws more walks this spring, he is going to be on the A's opening day roster. Um, and so I I thought that that was a silly quote because I feel like he's gotten better since they sent him down to the minor leagues. And I wrote about this, uh, I believe, in January for Inside the A's. But uh, I... I 
looked up the numbers again, ran some stuff, and uh, here's what we got so far. In five spring trainings, Pache has topped out at 39 plate, or not even plate appearances, 39 at-bats. That's the most he's had in a single spring, uh, and that was back in 2019. So that five years of spring trainings, we're, we're going to base everything off of a not even 40 at-bats sample size. All right. Uh, that, that sounds great. In the Dominican Winter League, which, again, it, it's not the same talent level. I know that. But also, in spring training, you're not necessarily dealing with all Major League cal caliber guys. He could go draw walks against, like, a, a single-A guy getting an opportunity. He, he could walk three times in one game against just some bad pitching. Does that mean that he's going to make the team all of a sudden? I, I mean, according to the quote, if he draws more walks... Sure, I guess. But in the Dominican Winter League, he hit just 218 and had an on-base of 308. Not great. Um, but he drew seven walks in 66 plate appearances, and that is a 10.6% walk rate. That's a good walk rate for anybody. That's a good walk rate. Double-digit walk rate? That's good. I'll take that. Christian Pache did that against the Dominican Winter League, and I think that he could do that against uh, whoever he's facing in spring trading, honestly. Uh, also, in the second half of 2022, this is just stuff that he did with the A's at the big league level last year after being sent down. Uh, he, it was 16 games, uh, but he drew four walks in 46 plate appearances. That is an 8.7% walk rate. It's not bad. Honestly, take it. That's a lot higher than some of the other guys on the A's right now. Uh, so in the first half, he walked 11 times in 214 plate appearances. That is a 5.1% walk rate. So we'd already increased it by 3.6% uh, on uh, probably more plate appearances than he's going to be getting in spring training. So uh, do they need to see more? Or are they just like, eh, we need to see more. We need to light a fire. And we need to... I don't get it. So in two small sample sizes since he was sent down, he's already improved his walk rates. He's done a little bit better. Is he making better contact? Probably not. But that is not what they said they were looking for. They said that they were looking for walk rates and uh, or you know, more walks aggregates. I don't know. Um, so I just thought that that was interesting because he's already done it twice in roughly in at least the same amount of plate appearances that he's going to be seeing in spring training. Uh, granted, it's been down the stretch in sporadic playing time in the second half and then also in the Dominican Winter League. But at the same time, he has done it. He is improving. Is he improving fast enough? That's going to be the question, I guess. Um, I think that it, since he plays such good defense, elite defense, you got to let him see if he can figure it out. Because if you just give him up and then like the Dodgers swoop in or, you know, the Dodgers trade, whatever they, they trade for him. Um, yeah, he could be really good because they have a lot more tools at their disposal to mold somebody like Christian Pache into just a, a solid, just a, an amazing uh, center fielder who can hit a little bit, who can hit enough. And if the Dodgers can have room on their 40-man roster for a guy like Christian Pache, uh, why can't the A's? The Dodgers are actually trying to win. The A's aren't. Why are the A's going to be out of options here? Not Cr Christian Pache and the A's could be out of options. And that is silly. Fi Let, give them time to figure it out. Just give them time to figure it out. Who cares? Get... I, I forget if it was lefties or righties. I'm going to say that it was against lefties. He actually hit fairly well against lefties. He was still like 25% below league average against left-handed uh, pitchers, but 
he was okay. He, he was, I mean, not like playable necessarily, but he didn't have like a 12 WRC plus against uh, lefties like he did, I believe, against righties. This is off of memory, so that might be switched, but uh, I believe that it was, you know, the other hand. Um, play, play him against a, in a platoon with somebody and have him figure it out. Have, have him platoon with uh, Seth Brown. That'd be a nice defense is uh, you got Pache in left. You got Ruiz in center. I'm just removing, uh, you know, doing the positions. I'm not doing, uh, you know, where you, they might actually play. But because uh, I have Seth Brown in left field. Then you got Ruiz in center. And then you got Ramon Laureano in right. That's a that's a pretty good defense. That's a good defense right there. Just let him play. Just let him play. Um, I, I think you got to give him at least a month. At least a month at the big league level. See what he's doing. And then... See what happens there, because if you're going to base his entire future with this club on, what, 40 at-bats in spring training? Sure, I guess. I also think that that's a pretty low bar, so we should be able to clear it. So uh, it only, I'm only mad if they let him go, like, to a waiver claim because he didn't have a good 40 at-bats. I expect him to excel, but, I mean, maybe he doesn't. And we'll see. Also, uh, all of the top pitchers are going to be in the WPC. So hopefully he has just way more at-bats against like inferior competition than he would. And he can kind of boost his numbers a little bit early on in spring training. And then uh, we'll see what happens there. But anyways, uh, I'm rambling. I, I, I like Christian Pache. I want him to do well. I want him to be in Oakland A. I think he looks good in green and gold. So there's that. Um, don't give him up for nothing because somebody else will turn him into an at least decent outfielder at the big league level and uh if they can do it why can't the a's the a's are not expected to win that many games the a's should be able to find some playing time for this guy uh but anyways that's all for me today you guys so until next time go out and celebrate good times a's fans and i will talk with you tomorrow